1: Reformation, yeah. The bar, and reform. Welcome everybody to the bar. It's your boy, the in the building, right back in here. Another Tuesday, super excited as always. Be coming through your speakers, through your earbuds, wherever you listen to the bar. We're grateful that you're listening. And like I start every show, I like to start the show by thanking the listeners. Appreciate you guys tuning into the bar podcast, your favorite podcast every Tuesday. You guys are awesome. You make this fun. Um, uh, man, we're coming up on uh five years of doing this, and and it's it's been a great journey. And one of the main reasons why I love doing this is connecting with awesome people. So, big shout out to my man Gabe over at Cross Politics for connecting me with this brother. Uh, and he is an awesome guest to add to the list of awesome guests we have on, none other than my brother Jeremy. How you doing?
0: Good, man. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. appreciate Gabe uh, connecting us.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, big shout out to Gabe and Cross Politic and Chocolate Knox and Pastor Toby. <laughs> all of those brothers, uh, you guys are awesome. Yeah, yeah they they they've always been huge supporters of the Bar Podcast. I've had all three on. Um, and I haven't been on their show one time, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Um, I guess cause I don't really, I don't talk about a lot of politics, but, uh, sure. but it's all good. Maybe one day. I was in the background of one of their videos. They actually, <laughs> um, did a, a video, uh, with, uh, James White, Doug yeah. Wilson and Virgil. Virgil Walker, a guy mm. from my network, and I was there in the background, so that, I guess that counts for something.
0: That's pretty close. So, they're probably counting it. I'm pretty sure they're counting that as a guess. I'm
1: sure yeah. they are, just knowing who they are, <laughs> I'm sure. So, Jeremy, man, let's, let's jump in, man. Tell them, my listeners a little bit about yourself, personal or professional, and then we'll spin off from there.
0: Yeah, for sure. My, uh, I was raised in a pastor's home, so maybe I connect with some of your listeners in that regard. Um as a young man, instead of wanting to be in ministry, I wanted to serve in the Marine Corps. And there were a lot of people that I knew that served, and just the tradition of that was something I was very interest, interested in. So I went to my dad, the pastor at 14, and said, hey, dad, is it okay if I don't become a pastor? He, he did what every pastor dad should do. He said, hey, son, whatever God wants you to do, that's what I want you to do. I said, well, I think God wants me to be in the Marine Corps. He said, God does not want you to be in the Marine Corps. There's no way God wants that. <laughs> and uh, we we talked. He's like, no, no, if God wants you to do that, then then that's okay. But there are some things I want you to do first. So I went to college. I was commissioned uh, out of college in, uh, in 1999 and uh, started serving with 1st Battalion, 5th Marines based out of Southern California here at Camp Pendleton. And uh, served as NIFTree platoon commander. Eventually, 2003, I deployed with the battalion to Iraq. And uh, was part of the initial invasion into Iraq. Um, the, the Battle of Baghdad was our battalion. Retrograded home in the middle of 2003, separated out of the Marine Corps. And the thing I said I didn't want to do is the thing I ended up doing. I started working at a church. Uh, God opened the door for me to work at my local church, uh, which I did. Struggled through some things the first year I was there. and really started to learn. Uh, quite a bit about myself, about God, about uh, really being a dad and a father, and or a, a dad and a husband, and mm-hmm. and doing all the things I was supposed to do, and really growing at that time in my life. I served there for five years. Eventually, I moved up to the San Francisco Bay Area where I pastored for seven years, and then uh, in the process of all of that, got to know a guy who was starting where I work now, the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Chad Robichaud. He was a force reconnaissance marine, a veteran, had accepted Christ wanted to share the path to healing and hope he had found with other veterans, started the Mighty Oaks Foundation. We met. He said, hey, I'm getting this thing going. Would you mind helping me? So I did that for a few years while I was pastoring, and then in uh, 2015, left the church and uh, took a full-time position as the executive director of, uh, of our foundation. And at uh, Mighty Oaks, we serve veterans, active duty service members, and first responders dealing with Uh, various and sundry degrees of trauma, whether it's combat trauma, life trauma, uh, trauma just related to service. We do our best to also minister to their families, and everything is is from a faith position. So we say faith-based very broadly, but um, very specifically, and your audience would understand this, we talk about trauma, we talk about post-traumatic stress, post-traumatic stress disorder, what it is, what it isn't, the realities behind that, and then really do our best over the course of a week we bring folks to one of four ranches across the country and do our best over the course of a week to to help those folks understand what happened to you happened you can't forget it you can't just get over it you can't pretend it didn't happen it may have been traumatic in your childhood in your relationships even in combat but there is a path forward and that path forward is aligning your life to the life that god created you to live and understanding your identity in christ and uh, just walking through that And we've had Tremendous success. We've seen more than 4,000 people come through uh, one of those programs. And, uh, you know, it's been incredible. And in addition to that, we have the opportunity to speak on spiritual resiliency uh, to active duty units across the country as well. So, in a nutshell, that's me. Um, always been ministry focused, even though I did my best to get away from it early on. Uh, God brought us back. So, here we are.
1: Nice, nice. No, that is a very, very, very interesting story. So I'm going to start, uh, just kind of with the beginning where you started. Uh, just uh, give me a little background growing up in a uh, pastor's kid. You know, you get the bad rap, you know, PKs. Um, was that the case for you? And then we'll, we'll transition to military and then we'll transition to pastoring because you, you got so many layers to your life. I want to kind of walk through it if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, for sure. When I, you know, so growing up in a pastor's home, I certainly knew a lot of pastors' kids. I know a lot of former pastors' kids who, uh, you know, aren't doing well right now. Um, but I know a lot who are doing really well, and it's it's probably deserved, I guess, the reputation. But for a lot of kids, they're just pushing through. And, and I'll tell you from my perspective: my dad uh, pastored for a while. Then we moved to California. That's how I ended up here as a kid. And he started a church. So the process of starting a church, planting a church, particularly back in the mid-80s, was you take your family to a place, and you dig in, and you start. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. was about it. The idea of planting a church with a team and all of that was not really, um, right. that's not what we were doing back then, right? So I not like an old man back then. <laughs> um, so what I watched my dad do was work all night, clean himself up, homeschool me and my sisters, start a church, prepare messages sleep 10 hours a week, 15 hours a week while he's making that happen. Meanwhile, my mom's working a full-time job to keep things going. Um, but in all of it, I never heard my mom and dad complain. My dad did it, you know, because he believed that's what God wanted him to do. And so I watched all of that happen. So on the one hand, uh, I concluded that's not for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I never said this is God's fault or um, there's a lot of hypocrisy here or whatever. I just saw dedication to to God and to really the mission of reaching the world with the gospel through my parents. So I came to my own conclusion. The conclusion was, I don't want that for my life. Um, But to watch the example of my parents through that uh, really, you know, would come back later on and uh, ground me and then my own family. So sure.
1: So I'm sure it also shaped your your work work ethic, um, which is necessary, you know, for the next step going into the core. So uh, I don't know if I missed this and I apologize if I, if I did. Were you a believer uh, when you entered the core?
0: I was. I was a Christian. So, you know, I accepted Christ when I was a you know, young person. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a Christian. I, I was not what I would consider a dedicated Christian. I mean, I was a Christian because that's where I came from. Um, I was... Moral in that sense, I was Mm. married in college. So that kept me pretty grounded going into the Marine Corps. Um, So yeah, I was a Christian going in and, you know, did the things I did go to church, do the stuff I was supposed to do, because that's what I was supposed to do. It certainly wasn't a, a, a dedication to God at that point in my life, but I was a believer for sure.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So how was that experience, Uh, you know, being in the Corps, doing the things, you know, that you have to do there and and being a believer?
0: It was interesting. I I tell people that I have the opportunity now to speak to a lot of young people and parents, Mm -hmm. parents of young people going into the military and then young people going to the military out of church, Christian people. And they always ask the question, how hard is it to be a Christian in the military? Mm-hmm. And, and I know it is a struggle for some people. And I, I've heard the stories of religious persecution and all of those things, but I'll tell you, for me, the line was so clear between what God would have me to do, what God would want me to do and what he wouldn't, <laughs> that it just, it was never super confusing. People would make fun of me, you know, whatever. Um, right. But if you do your job really well, if you're dedicated, if you're committed, if you're faithful, if you're not a hypocrite in your faith, um, even then as you know, I, the lack of passion I might have had for Christian things and for God, um, I still knew that it was God first in my list of priorities and the Marine Corps mm-hmm. and those relationships second. And you push through that and you, you develop uh, respect from those people. And so it was a challenge. But again, on the other side of that, um, I had the opportunity many, many times to share the gospel with uh, Marines that I was working with and Marines that I was leading uh, when we were sitting in Kuwait getting ready to push into Iraq. I had a Marine come to me and say, Hey, sir, I see that you read your Bible all the time. And I don't know what that's all about, but would you mind if I went to church with you when we got home? And uh, sure enough, when we got home, he came to church. He put his faith in Christ. He's a deacon at that church. Now he's, he's raised his family, um, to love God and to serve him. And so, uh, yeah, it's like anything else, anywhere else you can right. decide. I'm either going to follow what God wants me to do or what someone else wants me to do. And, and again, thankfully at that time, and, and I'm not saying it was me, because thankfully at that time I had a wife <laughs> that was committed to God, even if I wasn't, my parents were close. So I had a lot of influences that kept me, you know, moving in the right direction. Yeah.
1: Nice. Okay. And um, we on, on my show, I love to do what I call a local pastor spotlight. And so I want to touch on uh, when you actually took a pastoring role uh, and we, we're going to kind of hit it and jump so we can get to uh, what you're doing now. Yeah. Uh, but for the local pastor spotlight, just for a lot of local pastors that listen, uh, when you started pastoring, what is or what was something that you found out later that you wish you knew when you when you first jumped into it?
0: <laughs> you know, this probably sounds silly, um, I don't know if it does or not, but we took over, you know, I, I started pastoring a church that was small, that was struggling, that, that needed a lot of help, and I was not healthy financially, mm-hmm. and I wasn't healthy in that transition, so I was trying to figure out the finances of the church I was going into, not realizing how my personal situation and some of the bad decisions I had made leading up to that time were going to impact that. (laughs) So, I think one of the big lessons I learned taking a church and pastoring a church was you have to be healthy, whether that's, you know, relationally in your family, Mm -hmm. financially, and some of those other things. You have to be healthy before you can go into a situation and try to lead others to a place of wholeness and, you know, really being healthy themselves. So, We worked through that, but it was, uh, it was not without struggle for sure.
1: Nice, nice. Now, that's actually a really good tidbit. I hope that I'm sure that blessed somebody, man, because you don't think about that aspect going into it. um, If you you don't have yourself in order or things, you know, somewhat in order. Uh,
0: And you're passionate, too, because you believe God's calling you. Exactly. You know, I I heard it said a long time ago, there's a difference between called and equipped. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And if you make bad decisions along the way, which, you know, we made some bad financial decisions along the way year was 2008. Everyone knows what was happening in 2008. I lost a house. and I got in over my head and some things. And then I transitioned into a church that was in the exact same situation, only the Mm -hmm. numbers were bigger. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, as you feel the calling and leading of God in your life, make sure your house is in order and all the pieces of that before you transition.
1: Right. Good deal. Awesome. Awesome. So now let's jump into uh, what you're currently doing. Yeah. Uh, sounds like uh, amazing work. Sounds like needed work. Um, so let's talk about, I guess, the actual transition from, you know, pastoring to this position, because I know it had to be something pretty, you know, convicting or strong in order to to get you to do that.
0: Yeah. So. um so I mentioned I met Chad Robichaud. He's the founder of the Mighty Oaks Foundation. He was just getting started. Um, he was trying to figure out how this you know, could all work. I was in ministry, so I had the ministry background, had been in the Marine Corps. He had a lot of strong connections in the military community, former mixed martial artist. So he had a lot of connections to get people in. But in terms of structure and, and those things, he needed some help putting that together. So that's where we kind of came together. It's funny, 10 years we've been doing this and uh, We're kind of two sides of the same coin, I think, in that regard. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I I came out of the Marine Corps uh, beginning of June 2003, came back from Iraq, you know, in combat, came Mm -hmm. home. 30 days later, I was working on a church staff. Mm -hmm. And for the next 12 years, or 12 years, next 12 months, I really, really struggled in a lot of ways. And I won't get into all that, but but struggle, the separation, the loss of identity, all those things. God did a work in my life. You know, a gracious wife helped me through that. My family helped me through that, my pastor. But in in that process, I said, you know, I'm thankful for what I did, how I served, how I led, but now it's time for me to kind of turn my back on all that and move forward. Mm. So 10 years later, I went to the first session of the foundation that I am now responsible for uh, with some Marines that I had served with in Iraq. So I hadn't seen these guys in 10 years. I had not talked to these guys in 10 years, and now we're sitting in a room uh, around a fire <clears throat> talking. And I started to hear stories about some of these Marines that I had served with, stories of suicide, stories mm-hmm. of going back to Iraq and Afghanistan, being killed in combat, stories of coming home and destroying their marriages and their relationships with their kids. And for the very first time in my life, I mean, 10 years after leaving the Marine Corps, I realized my time of service, although it was different, didn't end When I put my uniform in the closet for the last time, Mm. I I still had a responsibility and certainly a spiritual responsibility to to these men and their families that I had walked away from. And so to me, that was, you know, if you want to say call, I don't know about that word call, but that was certainly the leading or the nudge I needed to say, I want to be involved in this work. Now, Mighty Oaks was just getting started. We weren't doing, you know, programs all across the country. We weren't putting... 800 people a year through these programs. We weren't speaking to 50,000 people on basis, which we're doing all those things now. <laughs> right. We were like having 40 people a year come to a program, right? So I was able to pastor a church and to lead the church. And then a couple times a year come to one of these programs and, and speak and teach for a week. But over time, uh, you know, God blessed and the word got out. And it's crazy mm-hmm. because people said, if you hang on to the faith piece, if you point to that as the solution, and you'll never have access to the active duty community because mm-hmm. separation church and state, right? And it's a whole different show. But right. you know, we can't get into all that. And sure. so, and then people would say, "You can't, you can't do that." Well, we continue to do it. Here's what happens when when individuals find hope and healing, they care a lot less about where that hope and healing came from right. than the fact that they found it. And so many people that come to our programs have tried every clinical program, every other type of program they can get involved in. And not all those things are bad. That's not what I'm saying, but they tried them. Mm -hmm. They came to us. We said, look, this thing is real. God has a plan for your life. Uh, You can find your new identity in Christ. We walk through that with folks and it gives them real, hope, real purpose and a real grounding. And they go back and they tell people they know who are dealing with the same stuff. Right. And so we started small, but you know, word of mouth, Men and women going home saying, man, I found something there. You need to go. So it took a couple of years, but um, there was a point at which I was basically working half time at the church and working half time for Mighty Oaks just because things were growing so much and things were happening so much. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, another story, but God opened up the door for me to transition out of uh, pastoral ministry, out of church ministry, uh, brought a great guy along to take that church and continue to lead it. And that opened the door for me then to go to Mighty Oaks full time and, and do, do, you know, full time. So uh, awesome. that's the transition. Yeah, and it, it really, I mean, it boils down to there was an opportunity to share the gospel to the most broken, <laughs> most hopeless, most lost people uh, that I had ever spent time with. And so uh, I couldn't walk away from that.
1: Right. Wow. That's amazing, man. I'm glad you shared that with us. Um, That that is amazing and sounds like amazing work uh, that you guys do. So right here, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.
0: Hey, what's going on? This is your boy, Pastor Chris Hernandez. And this is Jimmy De
1: Los Santos. And we're your boys from Cast. We're just a couple of average guys who came out of the charismatic movement to a reformed understanding of theology. That's right. Catch us with a new episode every Tuesday morning on all the platform networks, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Our Heart Radio, and the like. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram
0: at Sola underscore cast. Also search for us on Facebook, like the page, share the page. Let's get to the meat. Let's do it.
1: All right, we're back in here with my man Jeremy and uh this is the the fun side of the show. You the first side we kind of, you know, let you give a background and and tell about the program. This side is is for my enjoyment. These are three questions I ask all <laughs> of my guests. Um and these three questions I ask everybody. Uh Gabe Knox Toby, everybody had to answer these three questions. They're
0: better questions than I am, though, so.
1: <laughs> I got you, man. So, first signature bar question is, what kind of music do you listen to?
0: Ooh, man, that's a good question. <laughs> man, over my life, things have changed a lot. In fact, my wife, two days ago, was saying, you need to listen to music more because all you listen to is podcasts and mm-hmm. preaching and people talking. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I like Christian music. I enjoy any music really that points my heart and mind to Christ. Um, I'm not against a lot of other kinds of music too, but if I'm turning the radio on, it's going to be to the local Christian radio station. And, you know, without thinking, I'll just take whatever they feed me. (laughs) I'll listen to it. Man, my favorite music is at church when we're singing together as a congregation.
1: Nice. Okay. Good deal. All right. Next signature bar question is what book or books are you currently reading?
0: Currently reading. I just read a book by. Um, oh man! If you hadn't asked me that question, I'd have the answer. I just mm-hmm. finished it too. It's called the uh, The Coming Storm, um, and it's talking about kind of you know the events that we're going through right now and how Christians can navigate these events. That's so been a good book. Uh, I'm reading another book called The Unseen Realm. It's a book someone hit, uh, it's kind of outside of my genre. Um, you know, coming from a conservative Christian background, someone mm-hmm. uh, recommended that to me. Um, I'm enjoying that. And then, uh, I'm not just saying this cause Gabe recommended me to your show, but when I was in, uh, I was on cross politic about two months ago. And so well, I'm reading these books, you know, on the side, but, I, uh, cross politic about two months ago, uh, and I was in Idaho and Gabe handed me probably 15 books and said, you need to read these. So I started at the top of the pile and, uh, I'm, I'm just getting into rules for reformers by, uh, by, uh, pastor Wilson. So nice. Um, that's what I'm into right now. I got about three books going
1: right now. Cool. Cool. Last signature bar question. And you kind of alluded to this. What podcasts or sermons do you listen to?
0: Um, uh, man, I listen to whatever's recommended to me. Um, one of my favorite preachers is Bodie Bakum so I'll listen to anything Bodi uh, <laughs> talks about mm-hmm. he could be talking about like how to get from point A to point B you know in some city and I listen to it and take notes. <laughs> um, some great preachers that come up from time to time uh, John MacArthur you know he's right. standing strong right now and uh, I love listening to him uh, teach <clears throat> um, Podcast you know I've got a 19 year old son and uh, he trains jujitsu jitsu a lot. I, uh, I train as well because I want to spend time with him. But he's into a lot of different podcasts related to that, and so I try to try to listen to what he's listening to, so we have something to talk about.
1: Nice, um, that's cool, man. I thought you were gonna say at least cross politics. Thought you was the.
0: I listen to politics all the time, but I didn't mention him like six times in the last 20 minutes.
1: So, you know, I don't want anyone to think I got an agenda here. I got you. I got you. No, (laughs) no worries. No worries, man. Listen, Jimmy, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Um, I always like to give my guests opportunity in the words of encouragement, Any closing words, and then also um, let them know uh, where they can find more information about what you got going on.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, words of encouragement, we're all going through a thing right now. You know, Um, I was talking to my wife about this over the last couple of days. Philippians 4, I've spent a lot of time there in the last several days talking about, you know, the peace that comes from standing strong, trusting God, praying to God, asking him for uh, direction and understanding. And uh, he promises to give peace. Peace isn't tied to our circumstance. Don't let it be. Uh, My wife was uh, reading uh, Psalm 37 yesterday, and we walked through that together. So great encouragement from Scripture. There is peace even in the midst of these crazy times. There's hope for sure. It's found in Christ. Um, don't ever take your eyes off of Him. For us, if you're interested in uh, the Mighty Oaks Foundation, mightyoaksprograms.org is our website. Everything about us is there, and I'd love for you to check that out. Our programs are entirely free to those who attend. We're in four places across the country. So if travel's an issue, we'll even cover that for the veteran, service wow. member, or first responder. Um, and that's because of the donations of the folks who support us. We're thankful for that. So take a look at that. And then if you want to follow me personally, uh, Jeremy Stallnecker, I'm on everything, I guess. Um uh, probably the most active on Instagram right now. That changes like from week to week, but that's where I am right now. So uh, I nice. love to connect with you there. Yeah.
1: Awesome Well listen man Again I want to thank you For coming on the show Definitely been a pleasure uh, Connecting And I uh, hope to Continue to To do so To the bar listeners Appreciate you guys Tuning into the bar podcast Your favorite podcast Every Tuesday Make sure you check out Everything on the Bar podcast network Go to thebarpodcast.com Click on the network tab And click on one of those uh, Awesome podcasts. Subscribe Also go to Thebargear.com Pick up some bar gear Support your favorite podcast Let everybody know What you're listening to and rep it everywhere you go till next time you guys god bless and we are out